Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Front Page 305. I'm just dancing, man. I'm just dancing. I'm just shaking here, listening to a little Pitbull. Well, V, you got any shout outs? I know you uh, very important for you to make an appearance early in the show. It's kind of like you got to you got to give Wall V his touches early in the game if you're going to go back to him. So go ahead. A lot of people don't like it if it takes 10 minutes to get to my voice. So I just shout out to everybody in Colombia and Brazil all over the world, really. Andre, you got anything to say? You have any shout outs for uh, for the fans out there? Shout out to all our fans, our growing legion of fans, hopefully. All seven of them. I mean, between our moms and uh, whoever else tunes in, I think uh, we, we've got a large uh, growing base. Guys, I got a problem with the NBA, man. I got a problem with the NBA. I don't, I don't know that? if. Well, I don't like the way this situation was handled with uh, Montrez Harrell and Luka Doncic uh, over the weekend. Um, I don't know if you guys were paying attention to all the NBA because there's a lot of games. There's a lot of four games a day. It's a lot. I mean, can you sit there and watch four games a day? Um, no, I, I have a little bit of a problem because. Um, you know, obviously, we live in a, in a tough time in our society right now. There's a lot of uh, reason to pay attention to Black Lives Matter and the movement and everything going on with, with social injustice. And the NBA has done probably a better job than any other sports organization um, in terms of uh, getting that message across and the importance of, of, of protecting um african-americans and, and stopping police brutality right i mean that's been the message daily it's on the court it's everywhere the players talk about it in interviews um but my issue with the nba is there was a little incident between luka Doncic and montrez harrell last friday where on the court uh montrez harrell uh obviously this is a heated conversation a heated issue uh between the guys are in the middle of the game um but he tells him uh he basically calls him a punk ass white boy and the reason I have a problem with this is not because um, Montres Harold didn't apologize and Luka Doncic, they didn't shake it out. I mean, they did shake it out after uh, or shake, shake hands and sort of talk it out before game four. My issue is that it was kind of like swept under the rug by the NBA and they didn't put out any statements. They didn't sort of make an issue of this or an example of this. And Walter, I want to get your thoughts on this because look, we, again, we live in an era where what you say matters, correct? Right? We, we got to police each other. Um, the messages that are put out, Tom Brenneman, the Reds announcer, was uh, suspended, knocked off the air because of a homophobic slur that he said on air when he didn't know he was being recorded. Uh, you had uh, Mike Milbury, the NHL announcer, taken off the broadcast for the rest of the playoffs for saying it's a good thing women are not inside the bubble to distract uh, players' concentration. Um, but Montrez Harrell basically uh, gets uh, caught on tape calling Luka Doncic a um, a white boy, and and yet there's no statement from the NBA. There's he is definitely of, white, right? Right. But but again, let's 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 put the the shoe on the other foot, right? If Luka Doncic calls Montrez Harrell a punk ass black boy, okay. Uh, or, or something to that effect. I'm not even saying the N-word. I'm saying punk-ass black boy. Do we not have a much bigger issue on our hands right now? Is Luka Doncic playing in game four and hitting the game winner, if he's the one saying that? Yeah, there's definitely more of an uproar. There's more of an uproar. It, it, was, it, it could be 
construed as a racist comment, but there's more uproar because the oppressors in this case are the white people. The people being oppressed are the black people. And we just saw another ridiculous scene last night, or it was Sunday, I believe, where a black guy was shot by the police in the back seven times in front of his children. Ridiculous. So that is a little bit of the context of why the sensitivity is greater in that in that remark. Should he have said that? No. But that stuff that gets said, trash talking in the NBA and in playgrounds where the P word and other words have been used when, since I've been playing basketball my whole life, um, and, and, and that sort of stuff gets said. Um, and, I, and also, so there's a lot to this, Manny. This is really complex. The other part of this is, let's face it, black players are the best players in the world, and there are a large majority of the NBA and so then it's it's like I, I imagine if you're black, like this is ours. This is our game. And when you have a, what, what could be construed as an interloper, when you have a white guy that's really, really good, like Luca, maybe the best player in the world right now um, at any age, um, not just under 25. I mean, he's that good. He's a triple-double machine. Um, and it's interesting. The two best players in the world might be foreigners, right? Uh, the Greek freak and, and Luca. So when you have a white player that's that good, it's kind of threatening. Remember um, Isaiah Thomas about Larry Bird, which is another ridiculous comment. He said, if he were black, he'd be just another guy. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that was ridiculous. He didn't get suspended either. And, and before we you know, bring Dre in here on this, also remember when Kobe, Dre, so the, the justice is not. I thought Dre would have been running for the hills. This isn't the kind of subject he wants to embrace. I, I see here. Dre's warming up. He, 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 he wants at this topic. <laughs> But um, but no, the the justice last thing on this is justice is not meted out fairly on, on these times. It's just what it is. I'll give you an example of, of a black guy who said something. Kobe Bryant called that referee a gay slur and he did not get suspended. I think he got fined, which whatever with the millions of dollars he's making, he didn't get fined and nobody even remembers it anymore. But Tom Brenneman paid. I think he got fired by Fox. Mm-hmm. So. Justice is not always fair. Dre, I want to I want to bring you in on this, but I want to say a couple of things. Number one, um, while I agree um, that that we live in a society that's slanted towards white people, I'm, I'm, we we know that that's facts, right? I mean, blacks were were the ones who were slaves in this country, not the other way around. I I, I do feel that this is a double standard that you have to sort of approach if your message is all about, you know. Um, equal rights and treating people the right way and and not saying things that are regrettable. I, I think, you know, look, the NBA, all they had to do was put out a statement or say something or acknowledge it. And in the end, they really didn't. And the guys that, look, I watch NBA on TNT at night, every night, uh, whether the Heat is playing or not. I, I watch it because I enjoy watching Charles Barkley, Shaq, and Kenny Smith and, and, and Ernie Johnson talk because they're very entertaining. They talk about race. They talk about a lot of issues. And if you go back and you watch them talking about this, this particular situation, you know, they all credited Montreal, uh, Montrez Harrell for apologizing. But at the same time, um, you know, Charles kind of was saying, yeah, but it's a double standard. He shouldn't be able to say that. And he was cut off because, mm-hmm. I f- yeah. because essentially it's almost like it's, it's an unpopular opinion to say that that's a double standard. When in reality, if you're really going to be honest and earnest about something, and say, hey, it's not right to call somebody a black this or a white that or an Asian this or whatever it is to, to, to basically um, uh, put somebody down because of their race, their color, or their, their sexual orientation. 
then it has to be across the board. It's got to be all the time because look, I got two little girls, right? And if they were paying attention to all of this as much as I am and as much as you are and we are, they would ask me, daddy, why, why is it okay for the NBA player to say that about the white guy? But why can the white guy not say that about the NBA guy, right? The black guy. I mean, why, 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 why is there a double standard in this? I think most people would look at it that way, but I feel like our society Right. We, we, we accept the Black Lives Matter movement for the most part. People are, are, are supportive of that movement. But yet Montrez Harrell can say this and there's no action against it. I, I'm, all I'm saying is, man, my problem is be universal across the board. I thought Montrez Harrell needed to be suspended for a game at the very least or fined or something to set an example that, hey, you know what, man? Nobody can say this. And, and I think once you do that, you end sort of this infighting of people not feeling like everybody's treated the same because we don't we don't treat them the same um you know we don't we don't treat people the same there's always a double standard for everything and i think that's wrong and that's what my problem is with this go ahead Drew. i'm sorry no you, you pretty much said everything i was gonna say i mean that part you took my my part i'm sorry there, no. i'm sorry no I mean, no because basically mouth, man. Yeah, <laughs> i'm I, I did see that segment on TNT and then I, I was going to bring up Barkley because I thought that he had a point saying that it shouldn't be a double standard in that sense either. I think it should be, you know, they deserve maybe a stiff penalty, probably not, but I I'm with you. I think something, something to address it because it was said and it has stuff like that has been said for years, you know, like you said, on the playground, that sort of thing. But in that moment it was said in anger. And that's where I, another thing Barkley said that I do agree with is, Montrez did come back and personally told Luca, Hey, I'm sorry. You know, whatever, whatever way he said it on the court to him. So I'm glad he did that because in a way he, the person who said it was acknowledging and saying, look, it, you know, my bad, it was not meant this way and whatever. So that part of it to me, at least showed some kind of acknowledgement for it. But yeah, I mean, I think it should have been an, in some way acknowledged, I guess, by the league, even if it, even if it wasn't like anything like a stiff penalty or anything like that. And there have been, some of the incidents like Walter mentioned in the past that probably should have been, you know, made, you know, made aware or been taken a little more seriously. Like they were like the one, you know, the, the, men, the mention you said about Kobe. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think a suspension Manny uh, would have been probably too much just because the president, they said they didn't suspend Kobe, but the fine probably would have been the correct thing for the NBA to do. So I agree with you on that. I'm curious, Manny, what you thought about the Mike Milbury comment, because that was certainly tamer, than what Tom Brennan was. I don't know what Tom Brennan was talking about. What, what was that about? I have no idea. But but the Mike Milbury comment, it seemed like, man, you got to be re- and And it was funny because we were on our podcast, we were talking to uh, Jonathan Rodriguez. And Manny, you met, you brought up, you asked a question to Jonathan about groupies in basketball. And he answered it and, and, and talked about where the most aggressive groupies. And we had a, we had kind of laugh about it. But it, I wonder if Mike Milbury said groupies instead of women, because women could be, you know, it could be your wife or whatever, you know, your significant, your longtime girlfriend, whatever. But if he said groupies, would that have been okay? I mean, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know either. I don't, we, we don't know where the line is. I know that we have a, a very much a society of cancel culture, right? The moment somebody makes a mistake or says something we don't agree with, every, he's got to go off the air. He's got to be penalized. He's got to, <laughs> right. right. I mean, mm-hmm. that's always, that's always the situation. And, you're right. What he said was a little bit tamer, um, but he used the wrong word. He said women, I think. Uh, and even groupies, you know, the conversation that we had the other day with Jonathan Rodriguez, you know, the former Miami uh, Calusa prep star who, who plays now in Puerto Rico and has played overseas and was a very good local high school player. Um, 
you know, for me to bring up that subject, I'm sure a lot of people probably would have had a problem with it had I brought had I been discussing that on the air. Somebody would have recorded it and turned me in and say, look, that it was on the air. What do you mean? We weren't on the air. Well, we were on the I air. mean, it was a podcast. It's different. But again, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny, though, because it's always about who hears it. Right. It's who hears right. it and who reports it and who sort of stirs the right. pot with an issue. And then immediately as a society, we, what do we what is the first thing we do? Well, he's got to come off the air. He's got to be uh, fired. He's got to be, you got to get rid of somebody. And and so that's the society we live in now where you political correctness is everything. And yet that's why I have a problem with what happened with, with Montrez Harrell, because it but is. The- pol- but political correctness stems, I always defend political correctness in a, in a certain way because it stems from a good place. Because in the past, there was a lot of stuff that was said that was, you know, there was hidden racism be- behind it, right? Like they used to say, well, the, the, the well, Al Campana said once that uh, blacks don't have, what did he say? Uh, they, they don't have the capacity to be a general manager. They used to say about black quarterbacks, basically hinting that they couldn't be, uh, they weren't intelligent enough to be a, a quarterback in the NFL. That's been dispelled. And they, uh, white players were always the, the, the smart ones, right? They're crafty and all these, all this language that was said. So, I think political correctness was an, an, an attempt to correct those inequities. And yes, sometimes we were pointing out the times they go too far, but it was also too far in the other direction before when there was a lot of racism in our language, correct? In, a, in the language of the announcers and the stuff that they would say, it was clearly racist. It was basically saying white guys are smarter than black guys. And we know that's BS. Well, look, e- either way, um, Things times have certainly changed, and I think again, I, I would have preferred the NBA do something a little bit more than just sort of sweep it under the rug. But I get it; they have a, they have the situation that they have right now in society where they, they, you know, players obviously feel that social injustice is a big issue, and I think for them to all of a sudden have to make a big deal of this Montrez Harrell uh, situation would have probably uh, created more problems. So they, they, you know, hey, you know what? <laughs> we'll talk about it at one o'clock in the morning with Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith and Shaq and, and we'll leave it at that. So can anyway, we get guys, Adam Silver, can we get Adam Silver on the front page 305? Do you, you have I'm gonna number, call, right? I'm going to call him up right now. I'm going to try to get him on, uh, see what I can do. Um, well, look, we got a couple more segments to get to. Um, we, the Heat obviously swept the Pacers. Uh, yesterday, they're getting ready to face the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's just a matter of time before they finish off the Orlando Magic. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Heat. Uh, the Marlins, Sixto Sanchez made his debut. I know Andre's all fired up about that because he predicted a Rookie of the Year award for Sixto this year. The Marlins also have the trade deadline coming up. And uh, so we'll talk some uh, some baseball. Uh, the Hurricanes had their second scrimmage last weekend. Um you also had University of Miami uh, students. I think it was 141 positive COVID tests last week, by the way, Walter. That's a lot uh, on Stay campus. away from those students, football players. Right. They, they, but the football team has managed to stay clear of that. And then the Dolphins and Hurricanes, of course, announced yesterday 13,000 fans for the home opener on August uh, on September 10th for the Hurricanes, September 20th for the uh, Buffalo Bills. They'll have up to 13,000 fans. So uh, a little bit of news uh, locally, but we're going to tackle some of those subjects when we come back. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, front page 305, Que Pasa 305. Uh, for Andre Fernandez, Walt V. Money, I'm Manny Navarro. We'll be back after the break. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This 
is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Here's that song again. Yay! Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today, here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Yay! Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Yay! Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. To protect his home and family from disaster, Steve used courage, wisdom, and his camera phone. That should do it. Way to go, Steve! By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, have to, you forgot that. Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Flowers are beautiful but they become even more so when carried by people who are committed to ending Alzheimer's. At the Alzheimer's Association Walk to End Alzheimer's, hundreds of thousands carry different colored flowers, signifying their connections to the disease. And we walk so that one day, there will be a white flower for Alzheimer's first survivor. Slam Reed is more than just a radio station. But a family. It's so nice to know that you have a place where you can feel safe, where you can feel comfortable sharing your opinions and not be judged for what you feel like is right or is wrong. I'm very grateful that I've gotten this opportunity to be a part of something big, something historical. It taught me that not only that I matter, but that I have a voice. And the mentors we have here, like Frank the Tank and Amigo, make you love this amazing program even more. There are very few words that can describe Slam Radio. One word that definitely comes to mind is familia, family. We've been offered so many unique opportunities to be a part of something great. I will always be grateful to Slam Radio and everybody a part of Slam Radio. We are a family. They are my family and they will always continue to be my family and I will forever be thankful and I know they got my back just like I got theirs. I love being part of Slam Radio. Yo, this is K9 and you're listening to Slam Radio Series 6M 145. And now we're back with Front Page 305 on Series 6M 145 Slam Radio. We're dancing. I love, I love the DJ on the station, man. Frank Fernandez on the turntables. So we're going to talk about the Marlins. And before you guys tune away, because I know the Marlins are like the least popular thing in Miami. And this is Andre Fernandez's long speaking part, by the way, in the show. He's going to talk about the Marlins for a long time. 
So I'm going to tell a funny story. We're going to go behind Las Cortinas, but behind Las Cortinas and Manny Navarro's house. And Walter Villa was privy. Oh, I love that story. The other day. Um, I, look, my kids, I have a nine-year-old and a five-year-old, Olivia and Jocelyn. Okay. And so the other day, my youngest one, Olivia, uh, you know, I, just to kind of tease her and have a little fun with her. I, I always tell her, I said, hey, who's going to take care of me when I'm old? You know, I, I have this running joke with her, like, hey, who's going to clean my butt when I can't clean my butt anymore? Right. Because I cleaned her butt when she was a little kid. I'm concerned about have- that subject, too, because I already am old. So I'm concerned right. with my, my little girls. Right. So I said, who's going to clean my butt? Who's going to give me a shower? And so she immediately says, Jocelyn. Right. She says, it's not going to be me. And I said, well, wait a minute. If Jocelyn's going to clean my butt, then you have to give me a bath. There's somebody somebody's going to have to take care of me when I'm an old man. And she says, well, V, you, and you died laughing. She says, I'll do it, but I'm not going to like it. Well, she said, hold on. You got to get, <laughs> she said, I'll do it. And then she, because you said two, the first two tasks, she pushed off on the Jocelyn. Then she said she'll do the third one. And then she paused comedic, great comedic timing. She paused and she goes, but I'm going to warn you, I'm <laughs> not going to enjoy it. I'm not going to enjoy it. Those are the exact words. Uh, oh, that she girl. said, and I died laughing because I just said, you know, kids say the darndest things, right? They, 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 uh, but my, my youngest Olivia, for whatever reason, she was blessed with, uh, some great comedic timing. And, and so she always cracks me up. And I thought that story was, was great. I'm sure if there's some parents, uh, listening, they can, they can relate a little bit to, uh, to their kids saying things like that. Uh, we're going to talk to Andre Fernandez. He's going to be our special guest today. We don't have anybody calling in. We're going to ask Andre a million Marlins questions here oh in segment two. Oh, I boy. Love- oh, boy. That's my favorite. If you can get an old boy out of Andre, you know you're doing things right. Um, we're we're going to get to Sixto Sanchez, who made his debut over the weekend. You might have missed it because I think it happened in an empty stadium in Washington, and, you know, it's the Marlins. But he, he made his debut the top uh prospect in the organization I, I picked up a w in his first start andre the floor is yours well the future rookie of the year in the national league if i'm if i end up getting my one of my best predictions right he's set up for it now because he's going to be part of the rotation don mattingly said it so he could make about seven more starts if all goes well and he doesn't get hurt he doesn't get sick this could be the new ace of the team already to the end of this season already off one and oh and he, what did he did he ever come in? I mean, he's like waving on the plane when they announce it, like he's ready to go. This kid's confident, goes out there, and even even though he gives up a couple home runs, but you know, is able to get the victory. And it, it, it's what this um, short season's been about. It's been a lot of debuts this year, but his is the biggest one because he's the he's the most impactful player they have, I think, in that organization right now in the farm system right now. So to see him already take this step and already, I mean, it's one start. He's going to face, uh, he's going to face the Mets probably on Thursday from the looks of it. Now that the Mets are going to be able to play. So we'll see if he can keep it going. But some of the stuff he showed, not just the hundred mile an hour fastball that he threw six times or I think it was six times in the first inning, but you know, the, the secondary pitches were, were breaking. I mean, you saw a good glimpse of what, what this kid can be. And, it's exciting because we've had that talk before. We don't, we've, we've looked at, they, they have some, they have some talent in that farm system, but elite talent. We still haven't seen like a lot of that on the position player side, but this guy on the mound is probably something about the most special that I've seen in a long time, probably going back to Jose. Uh, Manny, I thought you were going to tie this in with Andre in the fact that you told that great Olivia story and, and Sixto is only 17 years older than Olivia. I thought you were going youth, youth there. Because uh, she's five and he's 22. But anyway, Andre, I agree with you. The guy, 
I mean, I can I can say it on, a little bit on either side. On on one side, let's slow our roll. He has a 5.40 ERA. It's only one start. Uh, let's see how the league adjusts to him. On the other side, the, as you said, Andre, the stuff was nasty. The composure was great. Zero walks. I mean, the slider was moving. The changeup. I think he throws a 91 mile an hour changeup. We Nine, can throw as hard. That counts out at a 93. People they didn't even know it was a changeup. Right. We could throw as hard as we want. I mean, what, like 60? We have all have probably tremendous changeups. This guy throws a 93-mile-an-hour changeup. That's sick. Yeah. No, his, his, I hit his, 85 his... on the radar gun once. Go ahead. You did? Yeah. That was, did. Your, that was your changeup or that was your fastball, man? That was my fastball. That was my fastball, yeah. And then he went and peed next to Obama, right? That's, what, mm-hmm. that's how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> right. That was right before the game. Yeah. Oh. But but yeah, like you said, the the slider, el cambio, like we like we call it in Spanish, was working. And I mean, another debut tonight. Trevor Rogers, another one of their top pitchers in their in their system, is going to go you know, scheduled to go in the second game against the Mets tonight. So again, you know, this is what you want to see out of the Marlins because we're you, Walter. You mentioned that last week. It's been driven by the veterans, and that's fine right now in the short term. But in the long term, it's six though. It's Trevor Rogers, and more importantly, it's Jesus Sanchez. You wanted to see more of Monte Harrison, but hey, he broke the ice. He got some rep. He got some at bats in, and now it's continued to work. But those are the players that you want to see really drive this franchise forward. Even though right now they're kind of caught in this sort of like middle ground where they want to go for it this year because they're in second place, they have a shot at the playoffs. But you don't want to jeopardize the future. You don't want to give away the farm either. Trying to get pieces for right now to make this little run. Yeah, and, and, and Andre, I know you wanted to talk about the trading deadline, and my thought from the beginning, and then Hill said it the other day, was their trade do- deadline acquisition will likely be Sandy Alcantara, uh, Caleb, Caleb Smith, uh, Jose Urania. All those guys coming back is probably what they're going to do. And so first of all, Andre, do you agree with that? And secondly, what if somebody offers a Luis Diaz type of prospect for Jesus Aguilar, let's say, or Corey Dickerson or Matt Joyce, what do you do then? Do you do you dump those guys and cash in? That's the risky part because those are three guys you mentioned right there. That's why they're 12 and 11. That's why they have a shot at the playoffs. So do you do you mess with that formula and suddenly deplete your lineup, you know, and and, and mess with the chance that you have at making the playoffs this year in the interest of continuing to build the future? The flip side of that is what if like the Royals or another team that, that isn't in it now, you know, but has a good bullpen arm that can help fortify the pitching staff offers you something, but they say, Oh, you know what? We'll give it to you, but we want jazz Chisholm or we want some player. That's a big time prop. You don't want to give away a piece of the future to get yeah. someone like that. And then if you go a little cheaper, you go to a, maybe like a 20 something ranked prospect. It's not going to be enticing enough for that team to part with somebody. So that's where it's like, they're almost caught in this weird in between where maybe the best thing is to, to stay put and at least not take a major chance that would jeopardize the future. I mean, you look at it right now, nine of their top 30 prospects, according to the MLB pipeline have, have either made or will make their debut. Once you count Trevor Rogers tonight, six out of their top 11. So a lot of guys that they're starting to get a good look at for the future this year. Manny, I don't want you to take a nap during this segment. I mean, just because this is uh, under a star turn, but uh, bring you both guys in on this question. Let me ask you this. With Sixto obviously belongs in that rotation. And I wonder why he wasn't there from the beginning, by the way, but whatever. If would you guys be in favor of making Jose Urania like the closer, which has been talked about in the past? I mean, uh, I mean, the guy they got now, he's doing the job, I guess, but he's certainly not that impressive. Would you guys be in favor of that? 
Well, I mean, look, arbitration, all these other issues come in, uh, in into play here, right? Of of uh, how much you're going to have to pay guys moving forward. Jose Urania is, is probably a, a trade piece that you can get something for here, uh, with all these young pitchers like Trevor Rogers and so forth on the rise. I think I, I see your point of trying to get them into the bullpen and maybe help help that area. But I think he, he's still young enough, certainly, where there, there could be a team that's looking for pitching. I would rather trade him for something else. But why not make him your closer? He throws probably, Andre, what does he throw, like 90? If he throws 94. He's, he's over 90s. Yeah, he's over right, 90s. At, in a short spurt as a closer, guy could be devastating. Why yeah, not he's, try that? He's, he's 96 and 97, and that's when he's not ramping it up, you know, in a, you know, in a situation like that. Like we saw that last year when they moved him, but. You could roll with Kinsler, and then I think Jose is a good trade piece, potentially, if somebody's interested in a, in a late-inning arm. Remember, there's a lot of contenders that might be willing to give the Marlins something if it means, you know, fortifying their own bullpens, too. So it's going to be interesting to see. I just the pieces, like the guys you mentioned before, are the ones that I can't see them moving because they're just so vital to what they're doing right now. Trade them all in you- 20 years. <laughs> what did you guys think guys. of of uh, Mattingly batting Miguel Rojas ninth all these games? He was, you know, he was so hot. He's, I guess he's cooled off now, but that didn't seem to make a lot of sense. And then they had Jonathan Villar batting leadoff when Jonathan Villar is so impatient as a hitter. Uh, he, he, yeah, he he's he can steal bases, but he's like he has no plate discipline whatsoever. It seemed like Miggy should have been at the top of that lineup. Yeah, I wonder if that was just, you know, Miggy historically hit well in that spot, but I wonder if it's just a little too fixated on that history. And maybe if not moving to the leadoff spot, but somewhere, you know, somewhere in the middle of that lineup, somewhere a little higher where he can produce a little more. Remember, they were in an offensive rut till basically till the game before last. I mean, this was like a four and 10 stretch that, that looked like they were starting to spiral and fall out of it. And, and now, you know, you have an opportunity against the Mets to, to correct some of that. One move I saw he did late in the game was, or yesterday, I'm sorry, not late in the game, was putting Birdie at the top of the lineup, which is something, you know, with the speed he has and is a good contact hitter, can get right. on base a lot. A guy that probably you could move and then maybe switch VR to another spot. VR, you know, our, our good friend Joe Fasaro said would be an interesting trade candidate. And again, it's another one that you look at and you go, wow, would you though, because of the fact that he's another one of these guys that's kind of driving this thing right now, but it would entice a, a contender to, to potentially move a spot he mentioned the Yankees that have you know like for the second year in a row their whole infields hurt right now you know are contender like that so we'll see yeah he, he um Villar down at eight which I think he probably saw what we were seeing just the lack of plate discipline Alfaro is another one with very little plate discipline I thought Miggy if not leadoff could be like you said maybe in the two hole uh something like that um and there was another one that was interesting. Did you see with a play where Corey Dickerson ran into the net in left field for chasing yeah. a fly ball? Pick up the, the worst possible spot in the middle of the little opening there. There was a little hole there. And the Marlins announcers, Manny, I know you missed this, but the Marlins announcers ripped them. They Well, they, they kind of said he needs to be smarter. Uh, JP Antonisivia said that. Right. Manny, Andre's shaking his head. No, I, and I agree with you, Andre. Like, yeah. in other words, if he lets that thing go and doesn't make an effort, then he's going to get ripped for not hustling. Now he throws us into a net, which he thought was going to be there to support him. And it and turns out it didn't. And he, he hurt his arm a little bit. Um, and they kind of said he was, it was not a smart play. I, yeah, I disagree with that. Yeah. And, and before I, before I agree with you on Arnesivia, just to say, I, I loved when he was on that one game, great analysis and everything, but on that one. Yeah. I mean, how can you fault him for diving? And then the misfortune, unfortunately he dives in the one spot in that entire right. area where there's no net. I mean, Bad luck at that point. 
Navarro, what do you yeah. think of that? You guys always hustled uh, when you were throwing that 85-mile-an-hour fastball. Yes. By the way, you guys are so committed to this. The, the Marlins talking the Marlins. It's it's fabulous. I love the fact that you're going deep into this. And the and we've actually we've we're at negative listeners now because of you how have fallen asleep during this Marlins conversation. This is coming from the guy. Hold on. This is coming from the guy that went three months of the first three months of quarantine simulating season after season. <laughs> Of Marlins baseball, yes. and you're gonna. I want to hit the fast forward button. I want to. You're hit gonna the say this, but I don't care if None it's fake it. 2027, fake 2028. You were playing with the Marlins. Yeah. And the fast forward. I wanted to see when the hell I should pay attention again, and the answer was never. The answer was never because Listen, they were how never you, good. Manny, how, how can you not root for a team? This is the most religious team in the major leagues, is it right? We got Jesus Sanchez. We got Jesus Aguilar, <laughs> and we got Jesus Tinoco. Three Jesuses on this team. I can't love Jesus. a team like this, Manny. They found plenty of Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> Manny's not Listen, buying it. Uh, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how many times you bless them. They're still what one game over five hundred. I mean, and this is and this is what. I mean, what what are they, this Andre? Is, I mean, what is this, this going to be? This There's, is the hey, give yeah. me a player to get excited about. Give me somebody to get excited Six about. Though. Where Six is though. Mike Trout? Where is Giancarlo Stanton? Where's Yelich? Where where are the guys that are going to build put this franchise over the top? I mean, seriously. I mean, listen. There's no fans in the stands because of COVID nineteen, but I'm not sure how many people would show up to watch this team right now. They're not they'll, sexy. I don't care. They'll take that thirty. They'll take that thirteen thousand crowd that the <laughs> the Hurricanes are going to have. Right. That'd be a good a, crowd. They'll a, take the a, thirteen thousand. It's a fair point, but you know what? The stadium was also empty when Giancarlo and and Yelich and everybody else was there. Walter knows because he was covering the games just like I well, was. Those, those were idiots. Those are the people were stupid. They didn't realize what they had. I, I, I listen. Nobody, man, nobody I, realized what they had. Really, that's that's the that's true. My my good friend, our good friend Santos Perez, who follows the Marlins closely, he says he thinks they should extend Brian Anderson and the Christian Yelich team friendly before he needs to be, you know, a couple years before free agency, and buy him out. I wonder what you guys thought about that. I mean, more baseball talk to to make Navarro just go crazy. It's Andre, what do you think? Because Brian Anderson, very good defensive player, but that, that oh. offensively, I'm not sure what what he is. I don't know because can I, he, can I say can I say what what his comparison is on baseball reference? Yes, put this out there because you, we've been not talking about this for like over a year. So I've been telling Andre for three years that Brian Anderson's comparison. Okay, you, you need to go back and buy like a nineteen eighty something tops wax pack from the Ice Cream Man to know this. Okay, you got to literally dig deep to find out. Pat Tabler, that's the comparison wow. for Brian Anderson. Right, Pat the great Pat Tabler. You want to sign Pat Tabler to a long extension? <laughs> I mean, Probably again, not. where are the stars? Sixto Sanchez, where that's one. Are the stars? You're, you're 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 ripping BA right now, and BA is probably the best, most consistent uh, player that they have in terms of offense, even when he's in these two twenty six ruts. And that's saying a lot. You're right. That's why I say it's a fair point. You're saying a lot, but I, I think defensively. He's not Arenado. He's not Rendon, but he's probably a notch below that. I I love him at third base. I think he's a traffic stop at third. Yeah. I think I think he's stopping everything there, and he's a you know probably one of the most quality third basemen you have, not just in you know there, but in the National League entirely. But it's it's the consistent bat if it can come alive more and they can become a twenty twenty five home run guy. That's the hope. But you're but it's not Giancarlo hitting fifty. It's not Yelich hitting fifty. 
Where does that come from? Okay. This team, Navarro, is going to have to be driven by a – to have any chance, a dynamic rotation. If, if you know, Sandy Alcantara has shown, Sixto, those guys – Pablo Lopez has really come on. I'm not sure how real Eliezer is, but I got to give him credit. He's really having a nice start to this season. So if they're going to be anything, it's going to be driven. Last time they, when they had a decent team that you mentioned, it was driven by the offense and it was terrible pitching. And I think it's going to be the reverse this time. It's going to be, uh, you know, but, you know, this is the year of the COVID kids. I mean, they're the, the you call them the fraudulent fish, uh, right, uh, Navarro? But uh, um, I did, I did want to get to one funny thing, and I got to credit it, Manny. Let me look at my notes here, because you know, was, I, I got, I can't just say where I, I, I heard this from Mike Greenberg, okay, on ESPN, um, and he said that after the Mets got, um, they came down here, they had the, the COVID issue. And he said, South Beach is undefeated. And then he said, there are dime pieces working at Wendy's. <laughs> that was a great line. <laughs> Talking about the women in South Florida. Now you got my interest again, Wolfie. I hope you guys are <laughs> proud of yourselves. We did an entire segment on the Marlins. We've lost listeners forever. Back after What this. listeners? You said we had seven. Are we down to six? Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. And then I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Hold on. Did you take steroids? Why, how can I but do why, all of that and then not ask him? But why would you do that? You're not going to answer that question. Why would you answer such a question? Why not? I'm asking him. I bet you he answers the other two very nicely of without course. a problem. Yeah, so why can't he answer the last one? He's going to hang up on us. Why can't he answer the last one? He's going to hang up on us. Just tell me no, he didn't. I'm giving him an opportunity for me to no longer judge this based on what I heard from one person in the New York Times. I don't want to believe it. He didn't take steroids. He ate us. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. 
A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, you know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is Jorge Gamebred Masvidal, and you're listening to Slam Radio. And now we're back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Frankie, should we get Pitbull to coach the Philadelphia 76ers? Probably do a better job than what's going on right now. I mean, the motivational speaking in that little clip here during the break, I mean, I think he, there's some way he could figure out how to get Ben Simmons and jo Joel Embiid on the same page. I mean, they're, whew, talk about a waste of talent up there in Philadelphia. You got to get them on the court together first, right? Yeah, well, whether they're on the There court was a great or, uh, one, actually, Navarro. That, did you see where he the, the media guy asked a question and Joel Embiid said, that's a stupid question? Did you see that part? No, I totally missed it. I, I missed that one. He said, that's a stupid question. And then he answered it. I was, I'm going to put you both on the spot as I have thought about this. What would you have said if the guy said, that's a stupid question and he asked the question, would you have said anything? I know Armando Salguero, my friends, he would have definitely had something to say to the guy. What would you have really? said? Uh... It just depends on the confidence level that I have with that guy. I mean, that's part of the deal. It's like if I had a relationship with him, then uh, I'd probably try to be funny. If it was uh, a guy that I didn't have a relationship with, I probably would have been an ass. He so just I, insulted you. He just insulted you. Said yeah, that was I would have. I would have fired. I would have fired right back. I, I mean, you know. Since we're a very South Florida show, I love that Manny just did a literal translation saying comfort, uh, confidence level, confianza. What he says, a comfort level with right. the other. I think when he answered, I go, I would have probably, I thought the cool line, I don't know if I would have thought at the moment, but I says, well, I think your, your answer was about as smart as my question or something like that, you know, <laughs> something sly. That would have been a good turn. That would have been a good turn. By the way, I, before we get into UM and, and Heat and all that, um, if you're the Heat, do you make a trade for Joel Embiid? Because it looks like they're going to have to break up that team. Things are not bolding well they've got 75 year old al horford and a very bad tobias harris and ben simmons can't hit a three i actually shoot a higher percentage from three than ben simmons so <laughs> if you're in philadelphia man, man, man he has the change up that's better than move on Joel Embiid. 
Manny has the changeup that's on par with six though, and a jumper that's better than Ben Simmons. I mean, anything else? That's not, that's not asking a whole lot, actually. Um, do you make the trade to get Joel Embiid? Is my question. Do you pair him up to with with the Bam Adebayo and a Jimmy Butler? Is that what puts you past? I wouldn't do it unless you have a better. You know, I think there's better options out there. I mean, if you if you've gone after Giannis and he's and you haven't been able to, if, if a trade isn't possible with Beal. I mean, I don't know. I, I, not for me. I don't. I don't see it. I think it's not. It's not as productive a move as you would have with some of the other options that are out there potentially this off season for them that would just produce more scoring, would complement the guys that need the roles better, and just fit the entire scheme that they run. What would you have to give up, Manny? Probably have to give up Tyler Hero, Kelly Olynyk, mm. and. Mm. Uh, I don't know. You'd have to make the numbers work somehow. So you'd probably have to trade somebody else worth with some value. You'd Duncan have Goran Dragic back. I don't know. There's there's a way to 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 do it, but he, he I, here's you have to hold on to Duncan Robinson. To me, he's the he's he's untradeable at this point. He, here's Tyler's almost un, for me too. Yeah, here's a problem with this. And I just looked up quickly. Embiid's three point numbers, uh, not that good. Thirty one percent career shooter from deep. And the way the league has become a three-point league and you already have Bam as your big guy, mm-hmm. now you're going to trade Tyler Hero, who, by the way, you know, Tyler Hero was a 13th selection in that draft. You can make a good case. He probably should have been the third player selected mm-hmm. in that draft. He's only 20 years old. And the other interesting thing about it is think back to when Pat Riley was coaching. You think Pat Riley's been playing – he didn't play rookies at all, much less a guy who can't even shave yet. I mean – well, you know, you know, it's a big reason that's helped Myers Leonard is the fact he can shoot. He's a big man that can shoot from outside. And to your point, Bam Bam can, is still trying to develop that mid-range shot. He has no three-point shot, not, not consistently. And you're going to put another guy out there that can't shoot from outside? That doesn't fit their scheme. Their whole their whole offense is so driven by the three, not just in this league, but second-best three-point shooting team in the entire NBA. You know, And a big reason why they're going to have a chance against the Bucks, who give up so many threes. Charles Barkley was saying that uh, the number one thing, actually, it might have been Shaq. They were saying that the number one thing Joel Embiid has to do is lose weight and, and get down to about 240-something, 250-something. The one thing I'll say about Embiid, and, and, I, and I know this because I was researching the stats last night, is you know looking ahead to a potential Heat Buck series, he did a really good job defending Giannis Antetokounmpo. In fact, him and LeBron James – have done the best job defensively or did the best job defensively this year. Bam Adebayo is one of the best guys in the East, obviously defensively, but in, in those one-on-one matchups with, with these NBA advanced stats that break everything down for you, I think Embiid held them to under 40% shooting. And so I don't, I, again, the Heat are going to play the Bucks. We know that they're going to get past uh, Orlando here and, and you're going to have a Miami Milwaukee second round matchup so much is going to depend on you know so much of what you do this offseason is going to depend on how this series goes because if the Bucks come in and kick the Heat's ass and beat them in five you know four or five games then if you're Pat Riley what are you doing you're hitting the reset button right because Giannis is going to stay there you got to figure out okay what do I do to beat this guy um, you know to get past them and and, and the Raptors and, and get to the finals so um, it's going to be interesting to see how that series shakes out. We'll have, uh, I'm sure we'll have somebody on next week to talk about it a little bit more, but it could start as early as Friday, by the way. I like when uh, Jimmy Butler, one of the best things I heard this week, other than Olivia's uh, funny line, was Jimmy Butler's talking about Goran Dragic and how 
well he gets along with him and he says i think i'm part serbian jimmy butler right. said that except that except line. goran is slovenian but but okay i got your point <laughs> close enough <laughs> hey that's what he jimmy said so- well, didn't he say something in Slovenian when they were toasting beers together? Didn't he, yes, something? on Instagram. On Instagram, yeah. uh, they toasted some beers. I, that was part of the lead to my story the other night. Um, all right, we got ten minutes left in the shit in, in the show here, guys. Um, <laughs> wow! What did you I say? Said, you, I said, said, you said <laughs> I almost said, said the, the show, wrong right? word. Yes, I yeah, meant to dude. say show, but. I meant yeah, to say show. Become... I, didn't, I didn't say I didn't say a bad word. I, I stopped short of saying that word. By uh-huh. okay, Tom uh-huh. Brenneman. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, what are we talk some hurricanes? Right. Manny, or what? Need to hit the reset. You need to hit the reset right now. Go. I did. You, you talk canes or what? Yeah, well, we can talk canes. I mean, you want to ask me the questions here? I mean, what, what yeah, do you, how I'm going to ask you the this? questions. Has the only bad thing that happened is losing Greg Rousseau and all the rest of this doesn't really matter? Or do you take anything away from what the reports, because you can't even see uh, the scrimmages. I mean, is the only thing yeah. really matter? Let's play that first game and we lost Greg Rousseau or, or did you glean something else? Well, we, we, we made a huge deal last week, right? We talked about the first scrimmage and, Oh my God, those running backs, they were so awesome. The freshman running backs and, the Eric King threw four touchdown passes. And then, of course, two days later, we find out what? The truth, which is that the starting defensive line wasn't out there. Uh, you had no defense, none of your starting defensive tackles, and, and Quincy Roche missed that as well. And then all of a sudden, surprise, let's be surprised, the offense didn't look as good in scrimmage number two. Didn't see that one coming. Uh, look, man, more than anything. Pent up frustration. No, yeah. well, more like than what, anything. I like what Manny's I, eyes bulge out when he's telling this story. You know, yeah. more, more than anything, I just I find it comical that look, look, Miami, it's their job, right? They have to put the PR spin on everything. They, Manny Diaz is trying to promote his players who are working hard and all this. But I, I tried to warn you guys last week, like, be smart, be smarter fans, be smarter fans, know the situation. Look for look for what the scenarios were. Who was on the field when when De'Aaron King and all these guys were tearing it up on the field? Who was out there defensively that that matters that matters and so they didn't play as well this game and they had some sloppy mistakes and some sloppy errors and and so look while we all want to jump to conclusions immediately and think oh the hurricanes the air king it's automatically going to happen you know and i know we've been doing this a long time it, it, it takes time to, to to build that chemistry it takes time for the offensive line to grow up and play better it doesn't change overnight the, you know they went out they signed a bunch of transfers essentially you have a couple of freshmen that are going to contribute let's see how different this team really is when they take on uab they come out and they kick uab's ass then you know what get excited because uab is a pretty good team and and okay they've they've made the improvements but i i think we all have to temper expectations temper excitement a little bit especially when it comes to these scrimmages because you nobody's there watching the only people they're watching are um people there's no journalists there giving you an honest take it's miami and you're going to see things through rose colored miami glasses that's all that's all i want to say that's how that's how far the canes have fallen that you just uttered the sentence uab is a pretty good team it's laughable in the old canes (laughs) it's only a pretty good team because might be so mediocre but walter that i mean how how much did joe goodman pay you to say that uab you know what the old canes would have done with uab right no it would have destroyed them but listen you're, you're absolutely right but i think that's the other problem too is a lot of people have i mean look have you not been paying attention to the last 15 years Hello. I have Hello. not. 
they've sucked. Like they've no, that's sucked what I'm saying. Bad. I said how mighty, how like, the mighty have fallen. That we're saying UAB is a pretty good team. That's how bad things are. But I, but I do look. We don't know what Derek King's going to do in this offense and all this kind of stuff. But I've seen the highlight reel. I've seen you know him his, his play. I'm excited by the fact that he can run the ball and throw the ball. Look, he, what do you have? Fifty touchdowns in that season. Uh, there's some proven. No, there's there's improving ability there, and he's going to make. The, I've said this before on our podcast, radio shows, TV shows, whatever. He's going to make the TV. offensive line better. <laughs> Haven't we not been on TV? He's going to make the offensive line better because there's a guy guy's going to come free and he's going to go whoop. He's going to give him the okie doke as you like to say Navarro, and he's going to be gone for twenty yards. That's what I'm expecting anyway. He is, and if you read my story in the Athletic, you would uh, would know a lot more about DRK. I had a long read. Here's the plug. Is that cheap? cheap? I'm a subscriber. You're a subscriber now. Now, now you're a subscriber. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to say that for Andre. I know you was says the, ex, says the ex employee. Yeah, I read about three uh, articles ex, in my subscription. The ex athletic yes. writer uh, trying to find subs like the like I'm trying to find pennies on the sidewalk. <laughs> Listen, right now, 40% off theathletic.com slash wide right. Support Navarro. Support Navarro. Um, <laughs> and Olivia. <laughs> and Olivia, you, you, yes. You need, you, need, you need the mean promo like, uh, if you don't subscribe, I'm going to find you. <laughs> we, need to, we need to really support Olivia because it's clear she's not going to bathe you or do any of that. So she's going to get some person to do that job, and that costs money. Mm-hmm. Right. When I'm older, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need some big savings account to take care of myself in uh, in the years to come. Hey, um, by the way, guys, I had a funny thing that I read. Can I read you this? This is a re- and it, Manny, you accuse me of not having my my, so I have to read it. This is a really happen. I wanted your reaction to it. So this in the NFL, the Seahawks rookie named Kema Siverand. Okay, he apologized after he was caught trying to sneak a woman into the team hotel. Here's the really hilarious part dressing her up in Seahawks gear as subterfuge. Uh, so my question is, Andre, with you, what would you have dressed her up? Let's say you're, you're single, of course, and you want to sneak a woman into <laughs> the Seahawks gear is not going to work. What would you have used? I mean, what was he putting a helmet on her and then and, and, like the pads? And I mean, how do you how do, maybe just stuff, maybe, kind of... maybe just a polo with, with Seahawks polo? Maybe I'm thinking. I mean, how do you do? How do you subterfuge that? Well, I mean, the hair. Hair. you got you got to hide the hair, man. You got the hair was in a cap. There, you got to put the hair was in the cap. The cap, you got to put. I mean, I'm going for the helmet at least. Maybe maybe that'll hide everything. <laughs> the helmet, yeah. That, that Manny, what it, Manny, what if you dress her as a as a, no, a janitor? No, make her make her make her the Seahawk, the whatever the the, the mascot. mascot. Oh, that's a good Mas- one. Yeah, there you go. That's I don't know the one. name of the mascot for the Seahawks. That's not you know yeah. Salty the Seahawks. No, what about a janitor? You get her with the broom and everything, and she's all disheveled, and she's, you know, here's my janitor. Then you get upstairs, and ba ba ba. His name is Blitz the Seahawk. Blitz, there Blitz you go. The Seahawk, there you go. Thank you. Blitz. Was that is that Frank, or is that we get Anthony from the pool? No, it's not Frankie. pool boy. It's not pool boy Poppy. This is Frank. Okay. All right. Pool party not attending. He's he's in class, gentlemen. Let's, that's let's, dis, that's disappointing that he process. wouldn't. Uh, he would have really enjoyed this uh, this show today. So how do we wrap this up? We've got three minutes left. Uh, another week till our next show. Let's think about all the things that are coming up here. Uh, Kane scrimmage number three. Somebody put me to sleep. Uh, Sixto <laughs> Sanchez's uh, second start, start on Thursday. Right. Right. He bucks. I'm excited. Right. 
C, I'm going to hold up the poppy sign. C, very excited, very excited. Um, I'm excited about the Marlins on Thursday when Sixto goes. That's it. Right. Hey. What else? What else are you excited about here? What do we? What do we? What about the Dolphins? The, the the Dolphins just cut their fifth round pick. Nobody even noticed. Yeah. Curtis Weaver waved yeah. them injured. This guy had like thirty sacks at Boise State. Eh, mistake. Big big hit to the defense that already lost the Vince Beagle, right? And they're they're yeah, they're but dropping like if he got hurt and they waved them, that means he sucked because if he's injured, well, we still want him for next year and the year after that. So that's obviously a mistake in the fifth round. Yeah. That's so surprising, he, but yeah. Lisa Dolphins got a, a mention in this show, Manny. And well, also, the, did you see that? The, did you see that Jared Stidham has a, a hip injury? So that means it's going to be Cam Newton in the division. Well, didn't they see, weren't they I mean, trying to sell us on Brian Hoyer, whoever that is Brian Hoyer still alive? Is he still playing? Yes, in the league? He is alive. New England. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I love the deception that's used out there, right? Oh, we're going to start Brian Hoyer. I mean, all of these teams are such liars, such liars. They were really selling that story. It's, gonna it was going to always Newton. be Cam Newton. They're going to bring in Cam Newton to be on the bench, please. Right. What is he, some great locker room presence? He's going to come in and just, I mean, give me a break. They got to wait. Uh, you know, Levitar, you mentioned him with, with Poppy, and that's rode him to fame. I mean, I'm, I'm, Pretty sure pretty soon Dre and I are going to be replaced by Olivia. I see the handwriting on the wall. It's going to be the uh, Olivia and Poppy right. show. Mm -hmm. Well, hopefully we'll get Andre's father on here. He's the, he is the uh, yes. real life version of, of Poppy. Very, he's very controversial. I'm going to get him on to talk about his great career as a punt returner at Miami high. It's going to yep. be phenomenal. That one shining moment. All right, guys, that's it. We're out of show. We're out of show. It was fun. I mean, Olivia was the, clearly the star. We're going to have her on the show. We'll bring her on at some point. She'll make fun of me and say that she's not going to wipe my butt. <laughs> That's it. I'm waiting for the sign from uh, this. We're really fading away with this show today. We're just going to fade away, waiting for the sign from Frankie. He's, he's waving madly back there. Manny, sign us off. Deuces. The views and opinions expressed on Front Page 305 are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.